You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slipping Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. All right. Welcome back, Bet Slipping listeners. It's your host, Nathan Beatley, tuning in for the first time. Happy to still have uh, Jeff as my uh, running mate for this episode. But, uh, we're streaming the NFL previews today. We're finally we, we only got two weeks left. This last one is going to be a uh, NFC North action. So uh, Packers. So uh, I guess we'll welcome Jeff. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. It feels weird getting back together with my ex. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know how to take it. Usually, you're asking me how I'm doing. I had to take the second. So, uh, but yeah, it's always good to have you on the show. Yeah, hopefully I can be on here in future episodes. As you guys know, I joined OutKick as their sports betting handicapper, but me and Nate are still tight. We're still communicating on bets daily. Um, it's not a bad breakup. It's not a bad breakup. Yeah, it's no. It's not like that one ex you're thinking about. It's not that. <laughs> no, no, it's it's an amical breakup, and we're still friends somehow, and that's, that's a rare thing when ba- breakups, but I'm still happy to have you in my life, Nate. I really am, so... Yeah, so I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to still be doing this. So we got NFC North uh, action. As Jeff started, we will be uh, going from the best to the worst. So last year, the Packers won the division. I don't think no one else made the playoffs. The Lions were one of the worst teams in the division, although we told you guys to bet them almost every week. Um, I don't remember what they were, but they were awesome. From um, They were awesome on the spread last year. But we're going to start with the Packers. So the quick rundown is the Packers are minus 190 to win the division. The uh, win total is set at 10 and a half with the over. The overs get in the overs at plus 130 with the under juiced up to minus 160. So they're really expecting the uh, Packers to slip up a little bit here, not win 11 games. So uh, I guess the only major offseason move they had was losing Devontae Adams, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a big offseason move, though. And they they extended uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um Turns out that that's the, probably the most important thing. I circle back real quick since I have this answer. Did the Detroit Lions were eleven and six against the spread last yeah. year? We felt good telling you guys to bet the Lions and Jags every game. Yeah, one of them came through. <laughs> one of them came through. Um, did you see today? It just broke. Or Rogers was talking about how he's been upset with his young core receivers. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. You don't think I have that factored into a handicap? You bet your I just, ass I just I do. didn't know. I didn't know. I don't have much on the Packers. I don't think there's a bet uh, that I really like. If if there is one, it's them to not finish first, maybe them to finish second or somehow even third. I mean, if Rodgers gets injured, this is a four-win team. So uh, Sure. I I think minus one ninety is insane even with Je- even with Aaron Jones and Rodgers on the field. I wouldn't bet uh, minus one sixty for the under ten and a half. And I I mean, so I I don't like any of it. I'm not tying my money up for minus one sixty. No, I'm with you. There's really no there isn't really a lot of good markets um, here in the for the for the Green Bay Packers in during 2022. Um, a couple of looks that I do like, and and one that I am actually officially going to sprinkle on, is uh, Aaron Aaron Jones to win Offensive Player of the Year. Typico has that going for plus five thousand. 
Uh, but a couple other looks real quick that I don't hate is Matt LaFleur to win coach of the year plus 2,000. They've won 13 games in each of his first three seasons in Green Bay, and he's just never gotten the credit he deserves. I think if this offense um, stays good, which it should with, with Aaron Rodgers, he wins the division again, wins, let's say, 12 or 13 games, which I don't think will happen, but it could. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Matt LaFleur certainly looks like a quality coach. I think this could be the year he gets the credit he deserves. I'm pretty sure his plus 2,000 price point puts him at like um, outside of the top 10 uh, highest or, or best odds to win coach of the year. And um, I think he's he's been deserving of it over the past few years, you could argue. So I don't hate that look. Not going to go to the window with it. And uh, another look that I've read um, – uh, that I've that I've um, I've read other other uh, sports gambling um, producers talk about has been Rashawn Gary to win Defensive Player of the Year, which is plus three thousand. The idea being um, the idea being that Green Bay's Green Bay's defense is trending up. They have a lot of talent on the back end, and uh, maybe that talent on the back end could um, could force the the quarterbacks to hold the ball a little longer. And Rashawn Gary could capitalize on his extremely high pressure rate. That was one of the things about him um, that that projects good things going forward is he had a really high pressure rate, but I feel like he only had, I think he only had like eight and a half sacks. So, I mean, he have to double up on that. But if he gets to 17, 18 sacks and Green Bay's defense does take a step forward, Rashawn Gary at plus 3,000 might be a pretty good look, especially and with they did like, lose They did ahead. lose a Darius Smith too. So it's just a little other note in there. That might help the cause. Yeah, I mean, if we think about, like, I feel like recently, I don't have the specifics in front of me. Obviously, T.J. Watt's a defending defensive player of the year, and Aaron Donald's won it a bunch of times. But I feel like usually pass rushers with high sack numbers are going to get this. You got a Stephon Gilmore sprinkled in there, so it's possible that a cornerback gets it. But remember, Trayvon Diggs, what do you have? 11 picks last year, a bunch of pick sixes, and he wasn't even in the conversation really for defensive player of the year. So it's it's probably going and to a pass rusher. He's also rusher. not good, so there's that. Right. Well, uh, the point that I'm making is even... <laughs> no, I, I understand. Yeah. I get it. Is The numbers, the, the high lofty numbers don't necessarily always matter that much. Not for cornerbacks. For especially for DBs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for, for defensive ends, like if you're putting up 17, 18 sacks, you're going to be on the ballot for defensive player of the year type thing. But... Yeah. um. Now the one the one Green Bay Packer market that I, that I like, um, obviously like I think the top two teams in this in this division are the Vikings, um, are the Vikings and um, and and the Green Bay Packers. But for their dual forecast, it's minus one thirty. I don't I don't like that price enough to even sprinkle on it. But I I will take Aaron Jones to win Offensive Player of the Year. It's not by any means a lock. It's plus five thousand, so it, it's a long shot, but. Um, he, you know, he, he's a, a dual threat running back. He, he, uh, actually works a lot out of the slot and he had the second most targets on green Bay last year behind Devonte Adams. And as you were uh, saying earlier, uh, I don't know if we were recording at the time, but Aaron Rodgers is, is not happy with those wide receivers currently in training camp. Um, so I think he's going to be going to Aaron Jones and they're going to be using Aaron Jones a lot out of the backfield, uh, I guess the one concern, and this kind of explains the price, is that A.J. Dillon is going to take a lot of his carries. So that's a concern. But if Aaron Jones gets a lot of targets, 
Um, he's gotten close to 20 touchdowns previously. If he gets to 20, 25 receiving and rushing, he could, uh, he could catch that ticket. It's a, it's a long shot for sure, but he's got 20 touchdown potential. I was about to say, I just remember that from last year playing fantasy football is there was a few there was a few games in there where he just went crazy, right? Like four touchdowns or something. I think it's six. I think he had five rushing touchdowns and six receiving touchdowns. I can I can pull it up. Though. Yeah, he had four touchdowns week two against the against the Lions. Four touchdowns in a game for for a back is insane. Three receiving, so he does get involved. I even think they split him out as a receiver relatively often, probably just to run some slant routes or something. But no, he gets. Legit. So he does have that dual threat nature. He legit gets lined up in the slot. Yeah. Um. Last yeah, year. Yeah. So I. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I was just gonna continue on with life. No, no, no! I was probably rambling. You're the host now. Cut me off. I'm talking shit. Yeah, I don't even like the Packers. The Packers suck, and Aaron Jones is a pretty solid option for offense player of the year. I feel like the only rebuttal I have against that is I feel like offense player of the year needs uber high usage. Like Cooper Cup felt like he got twenty targets a game. Yeah, I, I it's just tough to know if Jones. But I guess at the same time, we're talking a plus five thousand odds. Yeah, again, it's not if- like it's going to be a lock. If you're a hundred dollar better, I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks at most type thing is is what yeah. I'm getting at. I mean, like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, these guys with much better odds probably probably gonna end up winning it, right? I'm saying like a nice little sprinkle, something to something that you can hang on to for the year and 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 maybe cash it at the end of the year. I think Aaron Jones offensive player of the year is not a bad look. Yeah, no doubt. I like it. All right, so let's uh Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. And this is a team that they finished eight and nine last year. They got a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. He was a former LA Rams offense coordinator. So the Vikings are plus 280 to win the NFC North. Obviously, a division uh, sportsbooks expect to be dominated by the Packers, as discussed. And so the win total is nine and a half. Over is plus 100. Under is minus 135. I think I'm going to start this one off because I'm going to tell you that Kirk Cousins had an alpha season last year, and you can get as mad as you want. Yeah, that does. He had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's got a new head coach that understands um, that understands how quarterbacks are supposed to play, and they also bulked up their defense insanely. They put their two draft picks, two picks in the top 50, were used for defensive backs. They signed Zendarius Smith. They are. This is also absolutely insane. They lost every game last year by one score except one. And that was on the road against the Packers. And the Packers were the only team in the league to be defeated, undefeated at home last year. So the Packers were 8 0 at home. And the Vikings were 1 7, had seven one score losses. Eight. There were six and eight. Eight one score losses of nine losses. Yeah. Yeah. Got to sometimes getting it right in the mind is uh <laughs> is tough. So I th- I mean if you turn just two or three of those around you're t- you're you're talking about a 10 or 11 win team. And I think from everything I've heard from their camp Justin Jefferson's loving the elusiveness of the offense. He thinks it's going to be more sporadic, more um kind of flexible to what Cousins has and also Dalvin Cook's coming in healthy and I think Dalvin Cook's one of the best rushers in the league so I think there's a chance they win the division. And honestly, this is going to sound like a long shot, but if there was a team that I think can 
make it to the Super Bowl and kind of surprise you, it's going to be the Vikings. They have solid defensive backs. They bulked up their defense. They have a new coach, which is kind of a wild card. And I, I like it at plus 4,000 to at least consider it. I think the weapons are just there for them. Now, you can tell me why uh, Kirk Cousins, who threw 33 touchdowns, is a beta, but I think everyone thinks he's a beta, and I'm going to hop on the Vikings bandwagon this year. I hope everyone thinks he's a beta. He, he's the most average <laughs> motherfucker ever. Like, he really is. Dude, just watching him check down on third and eight to to someone at the line of scrimmage so he can keep his completion <laughs> percentage good is just the most Kirk Cousins His completion shit percentage is. isn't even good. This guy is just never above. They were never above 500 last year. They finished the year eight and nine. They were 8.5 and 8.5 in Pythag. They've they scored, I think, one fewer point than their opponent. So they're pretty much as average as it gets. Six and eight in one score games, and that to me that's Kirk Cousins. It, it just you, I completely toss out the numbers. You said 33 touchdowns. That's great, but when it comes to winning time. This guy falls apart or shits his pants. That that loss on Sunday Night Football to Cooper Rush <laughs> is one of the worst losses I, all season. I know exactly what you're talking about, too, which makes it even worse. Like, I remember watching that game thinking there's no way. Because they were – the line shifted crazy in that game, I think, because that was against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, Dak and Prescott. They didn't know if they didn't know if Dak was going to play right. Like they were, they kept it pretty close to the vest. I think he actually went out there for warmups. Like that's how. And then like, as soon as it was announced, it shifted it to like minus nine. Yeah, they had no chance, no no chance of covering that number. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like the the regression, uh, the I guess in this case progression, um, things line up right. They had they had more injuries. Uh, They're twenty first in injury luck. Six and eight and one score games again, so maybe that bounces a couple bounces their way. Their their schedule got a little bit easier. Um, they got an offensive minded coach, right? And people are kind of excited. He came from the Sean McVay tree that worked out with Matt Lafleur. Matt worked out with your Bengals, Zach Taylor to an extent, or is currently working out. But like Kevin O'Connell's never called a play before, right? Like, how much work do you have as Sean McVay's offensive coordinator? I feel like Sean McVay has it. I think he's cool. Like I don't think I don't think he really needs you, Kevin O'Connell. So that's kind of my pushback on like just the immediate like I, it feels like everyone's just assuming this this offense gets better. Um, Mike Zimmer definitely the, the the Vikings head coach last year as a defensive guy didn't help out the offense. I could see an argument that uh, O'Connell helps out the run scheme um, by playing more wide receiver sets, spreading them out, and Minnesota's offense is a top 10. I just can't bet that because Cousins is a beta and the coaching staff is unproven. I mean, the defense got better with talent, but again, new coaching staff, and Mike Zimmer was an absolute defensive wizard, right? Um, Great on third down, great in red zone, and just everything around Cousins needs to be perfect. Um he was he was three and six straight up last season against quarterbacks that I would I would power rank ahead of him. So he can't beat a quarterback that's better than him. Um in his four years in Minnesota, they've had one winning season. He was ten and six in two thousand nineteen, upset the the Saints in the wild card round, but uh, that was the, that was the best season a cousins led team ever had. It was his career high in quarterback rating, but uh it was also uh, a five year low for him in touchdowns and yards 
per game and attempts per game. I mean, they were just kind of micromanaging him. Dalvin Cook had his best year by by yards per touch. Um, and Minnesota had the fourth best defensive DVOA. So everything around Cousins needs to be perfect. That's why I can't really get down on him winning the division. That price is juicy, though. I don't hate it. If everything breaks right, they could definitely win the division. I think minus 130 for them in Green Bay to finish top two in the division is a relative lock. Not gonna, I'm not going to bet it, though, at minus 130 for the full season. I don't want to tie my money up. Um, so I, I'm just... I'm neutral, right? I'm just kind of neutral. Again, I, I don't hate the I don't hate them to win the division. That, that if you're going to sprinkle on that, but I, I can't I can't be be betting the the Minnesota Vikings. They just Kirk Cousins has killed does, my spirit. It doesn't feel right to you, and and that's fine. I will say I right think the you? coaching staff. I I think it feels a little right to me. I don't know. <laughs> I think the coaching the new coaching staff feels like that should make a difference. Nate, have you been drinking again? I think. <laughs> I think it's tough. I mean, it is kind of late. We're, we're recording a nice 9.15 on a Thursday, so... I know you start drinking at 8 your time. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. Maybe I was like, you know what? A couple shots and Kirk Cousins is Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Yeah, breaking into the um, Jameson. All of a sudden, we're selling Minnesota Vikings picks. I don't... I, I just think there's a there's a lot of unknown. I mean, Zimmer was the only head coach in Minnesota that, uh, that Cousins knew. So, I mean, I guess we'll see how it works out. I tend to think that when you bring in an offensive-minded head coach, it will help. And couple that with the fact that they have the skills, the skill set, the skilled um, like the skilled players, skilled positions that a lot of other teams don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like there are a few teams that can rival their amount of talent on the field. Now, whether they can put that all together and Cousins, and maybe this is a make-or-break year for Cousins. I mean, he's turning 34, and I don't think they're going to want him if he can't figure it out this year. No, I don't know what the contract looks like, but I'd have to agree. Yeah, I don't I don't know. What the, I didn't look up what the contract looks like, but it feels like this is like a, like Jared Goff's last year with the Rams. It's like you need to produce this year. And I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying I feel like the cards are set for him to do well. Um no, but I yeah, mean, I'd... Justin Jefferson's as a legit number one wide receiver as there is in the league. I mean, Dalvin Cook is – he can catch out of the backfield. He can line up as a wide receiver, awesome rusher. I mean, it, he doesn't have any excuses, right? Yeah, exactly. And they paid they paid a defensive tackle. Um, Harrison Phillips will be coming in. They paid – I think we could say Zendarius Smith almost 30, but still probably one of the best outside linebackers in the NFL. He's pretty like good. one of the better ones. I mean, he got what fourteen million a year. That's pretty high for a for a linebacker. So, but and I then mean, they, if they targeted defensive backs in the draft, I'm just, I'm just saying, I feel like they're doing the things. They they solve some weaknesses. So I think it's on O'Connell and Cousins if they can't figure this out this year. Agreed. And Zadarius Smith, they might have overpaid for him a little bit. He's uh, kind of on the downside of his prime, but if Daniil Hunter is playing 17 games and is a force multiplier, then Zendarius Smith is going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups that he could feast on. Yeah, I, the, the pro Vikings case makes a ton of sense, and I can't. Just I Kurt can't. Cousins is a beta. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like he, I, 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 granted, I'm a Mike Zimmer stand to an extent. I think he got Mike Zimmer fired. Like when you're the highest paid player or the highest paid person in your organization and you're the quarterback, the offense is yours. 
right? Like, who is Peyton Manning's coordinator? Who's who's Aaron Rodgers' coordinator? I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid, but I'm just saying, it's like, dude, you get paid all this money. You have the full keys of the offense. You can check out of the plays if you want. You just, you read the teleprompter. You're like Ron Burgundy, dude. Like, no one's excited about what you can do. At least I'm not. So, I hate to throw a little cold water all over your Vikings uh, love, but I, I just can't get there. They have the talent, I will though. couple. I will couple the Vikings love with a little Packers hate, and more so just Rodgers is the MVP. If he can't get with his young core, I think there's something to be said about them regressing quite a bit. And if they're a nine-win team – given that the Vikings were an eight win team and then one and seven, their one score games were one and one and eight or not all their, eight. Yeah. Their, their losses yeah. were one and eight, one score. So, I mean, they flipped two of those, the Vi- the Packers regress a little bit without Adams. I just think of all the, now is this probably my best bet of like the entire previews? No, it's not. It's probably not my favorite one, but I think in, in a division where there's a minus 190 favorite, it's something that at least has value. Sure. I, I think that despite my hate for Kirk Cousins, I think the price should be – they should be a little closer than uh, – Yeah, like if – and if this were 150, no, I'm not giving it out, but almost 300 is uh, is at least a, a point I like to see. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a decent look. I don't, I don't hate it. All right, so let's move on. We got the Chicago Bears – thrilling team they scored the fewest points in the nfc north last year with 311 they were 6 and 11 they are plus 1200 to win the division the worst odds to win the division their uh win total is actually tied with the next team we're talking about the lions at six and a half the over is plus 130 and the under just like the packers is juiced to um minus 160 so obviously the pro chicago bears take is fields is gonna take another jump in the right direction. And the anti-Chicago Bears take is they lost their top receiver and Fields might not be that good. Which side are you on there? Uh, I guess if you're giving me the two options, it would be the second one. I mean, adding to that, they also traded Khalil Mack, who dealt with injuries last year. Uh, Roquan Smith, who's a legit, you know, top 10 linebacker in the league, has demanded a trade. Yeah, they sent Allen Robinson packing, but you know he he struggled last year. This guy's offensive line sucks, though. Matt Eberflus is their new coach. He was the defensive coordinator of the, of the Indianapolis Colts. So what I'm getting at is they're going to have a first time play caller, right? With a quarterback who, I mean, at best you could say he was set up in a bad in a bad situation, but I mean he didn't make them better at all. He sucked, and I I kind of like Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. Um, I was interested in him as a prospect, but I, I don't know. Based on what we saw, he doesn't look very good, and I, he has honestly. There isn't a unit on this team that that you can be excited about. It is really like is Justin Fields is is he a legit franchise quarterback? That's that's all Chicago Bears are banking on here. That's all they got. Yep. And I mean, maybe he shows that, and they still lose ten games or twelve games, and that's honestly best case scenario for Bears fans is. He flashes it, and they just have to improve around him, um, or else they're just gonna. I, I don't think you give up on him that quick either. So say he goes. Yeah, I, was, I was just about to say, who? 
when do you have a, a, a good quarterback that finishes below 500? But we were just talking about Kirk Cousins. and you Hey, like hey, Kirk hey, hey. Kirk Cousins is an alpha this season. You calm yeah. it down. 33 touchdowns, so was... somehow somehow under 500. I don't know. I don't know how that can happen. <laughs> so uh, Justin Fields was 2-8 and eight last year, 58, uh, 59% completion rate. Quick story, actually, is uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I used to write for – I live in Cincinnati. I used to write for Buckeyes Wire. Big Buckeyes fan, number one football team. Um, they actually sent me to Indianapolis for the Buckeyes Badgers Big Ten game, and it was it was right before COVID, December twenty nineteen. Um, it was pretty sick. Like I got to be in the locker room with Fields. That was a sweet team. Fields, Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins. Oh yeah. Um. So I feel a little bit more connected to Justin Fields than most people, and I still think he's going to kind of (laughs) suck. Yeah. So, I mean, Andy Dalton was 3-3 and last year uh, with the Bears. Uh, Andy Dalton had a better completion percentage, touchdown rate, uh, yards per game, quarterback rating, QBR. Is that bad? You're you're from Cincinnati. You remember Andy Dalton too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, mean, to to be fair, I think – I speak for all of Cincinnati. We don't hold anything against Andy. The Red Rifle did what the Red Rifle could have done. He was always just mediocre. Yeah. But and that's then, the point. I mean, that's kind of the point in the NFL is you can't have that mediocre. And if Justin Fields just has a mediocre season, I mean, at what point do you let at what point do you let your top fifteen pick go when if they get the number one overall pick, do you take Stroud? Do you take Bryce Young? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess we're thinking things not really sports betting because I have no other take on the Bears this season besides their under, which is minus 160 and crazy juiced. Um, no, no, you actually landed on my pick. I'm going to bet them plus 1,000 to have the worst record in the NFL. Dude, I, I was just about to look it up. I was literally about to be like, I, you know what I'm thinking is I'm thinking they could be the worst team in the NFL. No, yeah, that's what that's what I've landed on. So the only – there's three teams with uh, – with worse odds to have or better odds to have the worst uh the worst record in the NFL. Hopefully you can pull it up because I'm kind of spacing here. I know one of them's the Texans, one of them's the Falcons. I'm Seahawks sh- are probably Seahawks. very high up. Yeah, there. yeah, the Seahawks. So, so those are three teams that have better odds or lower odds to have a worse record, right? And they all have much tougher strength of schedule. So that's the argument that the bears might not be the worst team in the league is that they're, they, they've, they have actually the fourth easiest strength of schedule according to Vegas win total. Um, but like, I, I think the Detroit lions are going to get a little bit better this year. I think the Vikings could be better this year. I don't think the Packers are going to fall off that much. So where are the bears getting their wins? Cause I do from a roster standpoint, I think they're probably the worst team in the league, right? I mean, Texans, Texans are bad, right? Their quarterback situation looks a little more hopeless than the Chicago's, but Davis Mills looked better than Justin Fields, and, like, they have veterans. Like, they have decent players who have had good moments in the NFL. Like, to be honest, Chicago Bears really don't even have that. Like, Daryl Mooney's pretty good, but, you know, whatever. whatever. Yeah, are we excited about that when Fields' strength was really not in passing? Like, I mean, he's a dual-threat quarterback and that's kind of his thing i mean alan robinson really wasn't used last year and he might go explode in los angeles yeah i mean he you know he probably will 
Right, it feels like so, that's, that's Sean McVay's move. I'm going to grab someone out of the NFC North. I, uh, <laughs> I pulled these up. Uh, Texans are plus 280. Falcons are plus 350. Seahawks are plus 650. Bears are plus 1,000. And if there's anything that has value there, it is 1,000% the Bears. Yeah. Because the Texans and, I mean, the Falcons, they have Kyle Pitts. I, like I said, there's just nothing that you look at this team. Like Marcus Mariota is going to try to make a name for himself. There's nothing you look at this Bears team and you're like, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for David Montgomery to get injured again. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't. Like, he hate... might be the only skilled player that I'm like, I because I had David Montgomery on like a few fantasy teams last year. So when he got hurt, I was like, come on. But um, I like David Montgomery, but I just, I think when they don't have many weapons, their line isn't great. I, I think there are just so many more negatives at this point. Yeah, like Davis Mills, in my opinion, was better. I mean, not even my opinion. Fact was better than than Justin Fields um, <laughs> last even. year. Um, yeah, according to every stat, he was better than him. So he not he opinion, is better. fact. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna start using that. Not opinion, it's fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, I almost I started off in my opinion, but I didn't even I didn't need to caveat <laughs> it like that. And again, I think the Houston Texans. I mean, just comparing them to Chicago, they have they have uh, better. They have. Um, a better better uh, players around their quarterback. I guess the the Bears have the fifth lowest odds. I didn't see the Jets were plus seven fifty, which is another case that I'll listen to. Yeah, Jets could oh. Jets could be worse than the Bears. Seahawks. I mean, Geno Smith. I don't even see that either, unless it's hidden down there. I feel like it just popped up, but um, yeah, that's crazy. That mine mine literally <laughs> mine literally doesn't have the Jets on there. But, but um, I think you, you can make a case for the Jets. But even the Jets have – I mean, they had a lot of draft picks at least come in, right? Sauce Gardner. Um, yeah. And Zach Wilson loves MILFs. How can you not get behind that? Alleged, and Allegedly, they, they, they killed it in the draft. Everyone loved their draft. I mean, Zach Wilson might not start, but Zach Wilson might be the third best quarterback in the Jets. Between Like, Michael White was much better last year than Dude, Zach yeah. Wilson. Dude, are we going to remember what he did to my Bengals? Do you remember that game? Yeah, I remember he had the, that He game. had the most passing yards in the league that, that week. He had, like, 450 against us. It was insane. Yeah, I saw some asshole cash a ticket on – on Michael White to have the most passing yeah. yards in the in the in the NFL that week, which is just man, that guy's got a horseshoe up his ass. Impressive bet though. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons. I, I, again, we can just go back to the quarterback Mariota. I, I think he's a higher floor than Justin Fields, and he actually has a lot more to work with between Cordero Patterson and and Kyle Pitts. Seahawks like. I know Pete Carroll is 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 a good is a is a good coach, and you can at least. You at least you feel stronger about him than Matt Eberflus, who's just a complete toss-up. I mean, you have no idea. He could be a genius or he could suck. So, uh, ten to one again, same you know, same type of logic as like with the Aaron Jones bet. Like if you're a hundred dollar better, you know, I wouldn't probably put more than twenty five dollars on this one, but I see some value. I definitely think they could be the worst team in the league. I think there's a ton of value there. That's a great that's a great little analysis. All right, so let's move on. Last team. Detroit Lions. We loved the Lions last year. They were three thirteen and one, so not very good on the record. Um, there's a lot of positives that they did in the draft: Jameson Williams, Aiden Hutchinson, and then on top of that, I wanted to read this tweet for you. So, oh hey, let me give the betting breakdown for the division. They're plus one thousand to win the division, 
And then their win total is set at six and a half with the over juice to minus 125 and the under at plus plus 100. And me and you hit on this a little bit in our free time a couple of days ago. But Yahoo Sportsbook actually tweeted this out. They said the Detroit Lions are the most bet team to make the playoffs at bet MGM. 97% of the tickets on them are on them to make the playoffs. And the odds have gone from plus 500 to plus 350. Now, me and you are the biggest, the biggest Dan Campbell stands in the world. But I don't think either of us are buying that they're going to be a playoff team. Dude, do you watch Hard Knocks? I don't really get into Hard Knocks, but I did this year. Did you have you watched this year? I have not. Is Dude. it is it a must watch? All I may maybe like if you turn it on and watch Dan Campbell's opening speech, which is like the first scene, like you're ready to run through a fucking wall. Like hell yes. <laughs> I mean, Let's that's go. what I. I mean, that's the type of things I saw him do. I mean, he did that in Seattle or Saint, uh, New Orleans. He did that last year. I mean, Dan Campbell's a he's a beast. He's a he's a man's man, but. Yeah. Are you, is is that going to translate? I mean, he's a his, monster. I think from dude. what I've from what I've seen is that like his players love him. Yeah, which is like yeah. that. Like every time I hear him talk, I kind of get like a part of me is like, all right, like are we going to get respect? But like, dude, having him and Jamal Williams on the same team sounds like there is a lot of excitement. Yeah, dude, and it's just like he's just like a massive guy, and you know, like football players like not fear him, but like respect him, like it. Like if he wanted to like wrestle around with you, like that is a big like, motherfucker. Like, is your five ten DB gonna go up to him and be like, oh, "I'm not doing that, coach." Like, right. no, Dan Campbell's gonna beta you down. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Like the the, <laughs> the secondary wants no problems with Dan Campbell. Like, <laughs> like he was pancake blocking the secondary like, when he was yeah, in the Jeff NFL. Jeff Okuda is not going up to Dan Campbell and saying <laughs> yeah. anything. It's yeah, just not dude. happening. Yeah, you're running that lap if Dan Dan Campbell tells you to. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I'll make this simple in terms of betting the, the Lions of futures and why I'm out on it. It's Jared Goff. I just, I just can't bet an over on a Jared Goff team. I You can make an argument that he's underrated, right? If Jared Goff, it's Kirk Cousins, it's right. these quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, but, like, you know, Jared Goff threw 30 touchdowns one year, made it to the Super Bowl, right? So, yeah, if everything good, everything around him is good, Hell, they could be pretty good, and they have a decent wide receiver uh, core. They have a hell of an offensive line. DeAndre Swift can play. Jamal Williams can play. I could see it. I could see it. Um, but, but to your earlier point, um, every Tom, Dick, and Jerry with a sports betting podcast likes the Detroit Lions over. They all do. Everyone. It's just like if everyone's saying it, it can't be sharp, right? It can't be that profitable. You found – Something online that said one sports book, the most over bets that they've taken have been on the Detroit Lions. Every everyone likes the Detroit Lions. And that was before Hard Knocks started. So when a Hard Knocks started, it's like they became even more the public darlings. Um, if anything, you know, I could talk myself uh into or I can listen to a case to be made for the Detroit Lions to make the playoffs. It's near four to one, right? I think the NFC's gonna suck. They could get in there with nine wins. I wouldn't I can hear the case for that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet it, but I can. I can hear it. That's for sure. Um, I. I just think, based on all the hype, the the hard knock stuff, um, I. I and Jared Goff. I just. I just can't get over. I just it's can't get it. there. I get it. You know. I will say. So I don't know if you remember this last year. Do you remember? I think I was just a guest on the show. It was my first guest appearance. I kind of felt great about this. 
we never went back and did it. But do you remember when me, you, and uh, Esten went and did the hey, you get a thousand dollars, put it on XX, X, whatever? Yeah, we didn't grade those. You, did you yeah, have we should winner? have. That would have been sweet. To, we should go back and grade them. But <laughs> so one of the players I did it on was linebacker uh, Jeremiah Owusu. He was um, shoot, what team? He plays for the Browns. And I wanted him to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And I was given that take. It was my first time on the show. And you were like, hey, sportsbooks know who's going to win the Rookie of the Years. Like, you're not fooling them trying to pick a sleeper because it's all about notoriety and impact. And Owusu actually had a hell of a rookie season. He played great. But it didn't matter because Micah Parsons stole the show and he was a beast. And I think this year there are a lot of top-heavy rookie talents. But I think if you're going to tell me defense or Aiden Hutchinson – to win defensive rookie of the year and the lines are going to be talked about consistently at plus 450. I kind of like those odds. And this is one thing that I kind of stood out to me. So obviously when it comes to defense rookie of the year, it's kind of a guessing game because we don't know how they're going to act in the speed of the NFL in an NFL game. But this is something that Dan Campbell said that kind of stuck, stood out to me. It's a little long, but he said, you know, what's great about him is he's quietly getting better right in front of us. He doesn't say anything. He listens. He's like a sponge in there. He absorbs the information. He watches how things are done and the way coaches want them done. And then he's got a motor and he goes, he learns and gets better every day. You love, you just, you just see it. So I love that about him every day there. He's growing right there in front of us. Now, I wish I could go back and read that in like a Dan Campbell voice, but Dan Campbell was giving praise on Hutchinson, and I think the market has this priced right, and I think if there's a Lions play, if the Lions win eight games, Hutchinson's going to have 10 sacks. Okay. Did you, where, was I, that, where was that quote pulled? Is that from a press conference or from Hard Knocks, you know? I do not know. I think it was honestly just on ESPN's website. Because, I mean, the, the I, granted it is Hard Knocks, right? They're not – they might not say like, "Hey, the number one overall pick that we just got sucks," but the whole coaching staff loves him. Like, they're everyone's like, "This kid, is, this kid's nasty. Like, he is legit." So again, it could be just hard knock shit. But I mean, wait, yeah, who's the number uh, one pick? Your employer, he, he, Fox Sports, actually put that out. Nice. All I right. don't know. I don't know where it was said. Is what I'm saying. But he or was, like where it was originally said. He's the number two overall pick. I think I just said. Yes. First the pick. Uh, the other one from Georgia went. Yeah. I think from Georgia went number one overall. Yeah, yeah, Trayvon Walker, I think was is his name. Yeah, so Aiden Hutchinson's number two. But I, yeah, to my point, I mean he's he's a number two overall pick for a reason, right? He's got a ton of talent. And there's just in hard knocks and and the the quote that you read, like the coaching staff's backing that up. So yeah, I don't hate that. I do think like there's a lot of talent on the offense, so they could get to eight nine wins even if Aiden Hutchinson did get injured or, you know, underperformed for whatever reason. That's why I'd kind of, if I were to take any Detroit Lions future gun to my head, I'd just go with the playoffs because it's got the, the sickest payout that I can talk myself into. I mean, obviously the Super Bowl is a sick payout, but no. <laughs> uh, Lions to win the Super Bowl plus 8,000 hit, hit me up. Yeah. I'd, if you're $100 better, I'd put $3 on that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would not, I wouldn't bet it actually. And if I did, I'd, uh, not more than three. But yeah, I mean, it's a lean. I lean to the Detroit Lions and make the playoffs. Ne- definitely not going to bet it. And it's it's because of Jared Goff. I mean, everyone shits on him, so I'm not going to just I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But you know, he's he's probably below average. I have him ranked as like the 20th best quarterback in the league, and you could you could argue he's he should be worse than that, really. Actually, I'm, I have him 19th. I'm, so I'm almost totally on board with that take. 
even though it's basically anti Kirk Cousins take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff is just like a weaker on Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds bad to say, but yeah, I'm not totally disagreeing. But like you said, Jared Goff did go to a Super Bowl. Yeah. But if Kirk Cousins played for Sean McVay, Sean McVay would have traded Kirk Cousins to Detroit for Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford's clearly better at football. Clearly. I mean, I would say there's 14 or 15 quarterbacks clearly better at football than than Kirk Cousins. We should have just made this a Kirk Cousins podcast. Yeah, yeah. We should have we should subject this talking about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, we're gonna do it an after show special podcast where we just argue about Kirk Cousins <laughs> for like 10, 15 minutes. Is he elite? Is he an alpha? Is he a beta? <laughs> we, we don't know. We're really, when it comes Joe down Burrow to it, or more Jared Goff. Who knows? When it comes down to it, you're gonna have him power ranked as the thirteenth best quarterback, and I'm gonna have him as like sixteenth, and we're gonna be arguing over those three spots. Like fucking like it's gonna turn into a fist fight over Kirk Cousins. <laughs> A fly out to LA and just decide to beat you up. It's going to be official, but bad breakup. I won't be on this goddamn podcast ever again. All right, guys. So to finish it up, we're going to go to the window and, uh, all right. So let's do that now. The Bet Slipping Podcast. Going to the window. All right, guys. We are at the window. So since, since Jeff's the guest, I think we're going to let him go first this time. So what do you have, uh, on your bet slip for the, uh, NFC North? Oh, man. I hate. I hate being a weak guest or having a uh, um, a weak first guest appearance here on Betslip Podcast. I'm going with two sprinkles, though, man, and they're both of the Packers. I'll sprinkle Aaron Jones uh, to win Offensive Player of the Year again, maybe a fifth of a unit, and uh, and and same thing with Matt Lafleur to win Coach of the Year. I already got Sean McDermott to win Coach of the Year plus three thousand. I'll take someone in the NFC here. Hopefully, one of them get there and cash a nice chunky ticket for me but i'll, I'll take matt lafleur to win coach of the year plus 2000 aaron jones to win offensive player of the year plus 5000 with also a heavy lean for the packers and and, and vikings minus 130 to finish first and second dual forecast because i it just it just it's gonna get there feels right it's yeah. absolutely happening yeah, it's probably gonna all happen. right so my two bets with my little sprinkle is aiden hutchinson defensive rookie of the year plus 450 and then Minnesota Vikings plus 280 to win the NFC North. And then I'm going to put like a dollar on Vikings to win the Super Bowl plus 4,000, however much you hate that. But uh, those are I, my three bets. I don't hate it for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, I'd rather spend that than spend it on a soda. Fair enough. I don't even know where you get sodas for a dollar anymore. All right. Yeah. Good, good That's deal. A taco truck can right there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you had as much fun as we did. And uh, we'll be back with the NFC North next week. I do a little writing for a Bengals site. So we'll AFC North shoot AFC North. Yeah. I want to talk about the Bengals. I don't want to talk about the Packers again. AFC North next week. We'll have a guest. So I really appreciate you guys streaming. Jeff, you got any last words for him? Peace out. Good luck. Hopefully we uh, help make you some money. All right. See ya. Deuces. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slipping Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here.